So why should businesses, particularly those in healthcare, embrace innovation? Welcome to A Focus on the Future of Medicine on ReachMD XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Japson, the healthcare reporter for the Chicago Tribune, and with me today is Philip Newbold, who's the president and chief executive officer of Memorial Hospital and Health System in South Bend, Indiana. In his role operating this mid-sized healthcare system, Mr. Newbold is created with changing the corporate culture at Memorial, forging alliances with a long list of companies from Walmart to Whirlpool, entities that are often not top priorities for linkages negotiated with hospital executives. Among Mr. Newbold's other projects include HealthWorks Kids Museum and the Innovation Cafe, an on-site deli converted into a unique teaching lab for hospital staffers and outside visitors to learn how to use innovation to revitalize their daily work. Philip Newbold, welcome to ReachMD XM160, the channel for medical professionals. Hey, Bruce, it's great to be here. Well, I'm, I'm glad you're with us on the show. And if you could just tell us a little bit about Memorial and how you use innovation there, because I know that's a thing that you've been quoted widely on in other publications, and, and you regularly speak on this issue. Well, Memorial's been on the formal innovation journey for the past five or six years. And we actually, about five years ago, developed a formal board-approved innovation policy. And it was modeled after a lot of business and industry that we noticed in almost every sector of society across all industries. They all seem to have R&D functions or innovation policies. They all seem to invest in their future in a very formal and a very disciplined way. But we didn't really see that in healthcare and particularly not in hospitals and health systems. So we began to study that and actually had an innovation policy adopted by our board that set aside some resources so that we really could reinvent or reimagine a better future. Well, that's interesting, too, that you say, because, I mean, in my role, I also cover uh, pharmaceutical companies. Um, how can a hospital set up a budget for R&D, especially a community hospital? I know that teaching hospitals already do research uh, with their clinicians and so forth, but that is an interesting concept. Well, what we recommend to all hospitals and health systems is they first go out and do some site visits. We call those inno visits to really find out how the good players that have been in this game for decades have been very successful in R&D and innovation. How do they do it? And so what we do in teams of five or six, and oftentimes take along a board member or a physician, we go and visit places like Whirlpool, like Microsoft, Nike, Procter & Gamble, Intel, all kinds of places all over the country, taking board members, administrative, and physicians to go learn about the process of innovation. How did they get to be so good at inventing the next thing and coming up with the new enhancements and features and benefits? How do they go about implementing their R&D innovation policies? And then from doing a number of those, and we've done over 30 of those to innovative companies all around the country, we bring those learnings back, and that's how you begin to craft an innovation policy. And the policy really has several sections. Number one, what's the case for doing it? Is this important for our future? Secondly, then to set aside some resources to actually fund some monies for people for prototyping and early trials and to get some training done of the staff and so on. And then 
put some metrics down about how you're going to measure innovation, its ROI, if you will, and then make sure there's some oversight so that you can continue to make sure that this is funded during these tough times. And so that's what we really recommend to follow as a fairly good roadmap to first get out and actually see it firsthand, kick the tires, slam the doors, look under the hoods of all these companies that have been so good at it. And that's really, really helps you get started. Are these companies open to having visitors? And also, if you could give us an idea of perhaps maybe something that one of your people came back with that you've implemented. Well, we have never been turned down for any company we've ever tried. And so the answer is, I think, yes, you obviously start with those that maybe are in your supply chain where you're a customer of someone else. That's how we did. And then you begin to network and broaden from there. When you come back, you often come across opportunities to test products or services with these companies. And we have a number of those underway. We came back from Steelcase, for instance, and we saw an opportunity to develop something called one of a kind. It was a way of thanking donors and those that had made large gifts to either hospitals or universities too. And we put together a joint program. It's actually a product called One of a Kind that helps thank donors. And that was something that just came out of one of these site visits. Other times we came back from one around with underwriter laboratories where we actually began to then develop a home well water testing kit that uses our nurse call center as the 800 number nationally for answering questions about the quality of well water once it's been tested. So there ends up being all kinds of different venture opportunities. There are good ideas. GE Medical taught us perhaps a new set of tools to use and new methodology. And we bring all that back. We adapt it and fit it to our organization, our community. But there are loads of organizations looking for hospitals to test something, looking for them to partner, looking for them to get in front of some lead customers and users. And I always say, why not your hospital and health system? Why not your community? People are really looking for this kind of partnership out there today. Well, when you think about the well water initiative for just a moment, you know, now that's what everybody is interested in is, is a, are these green initiatives. Let's make sure this is safe. And I'm sure you in South Bend area, you probably have a, a lot of rural patients from rural areas. And so it turns out to be a good outpatient public health initiative and also a marketing tool, doesn't it? Yes, it, it covers three or four. And those are the most powerful where you have both one that's a community benefit and a safety issue. Number two, it does have some value by positioning positioning yourself, taking care of the needs of people, whether they're in rural areas or anywhere else where the quality of water may be an issue. And actually, from those well water testing, we've actually moved into another program, and these things do evolve over time into one of having a water certification initiative where we certify the quality of hospital water by using underwriter laboratories and also moving that to perhaps nursing homes, perhaps colleges and universities. And as you can imagine, with the whole ecology green movement, there's lots and lots of opportunities to take these out of one segment and move them into another. But you have to be looking for these opportunities. And you do that by having these great visits where you get to know one another and then bringing those ideas back. But the key thing, Bruce, is you got to act on them. So many people go on visits or they go to conferences, they hear good ideas, and they don't do anything with them. And we're big fans of getting them into a prototype, getting them in front of a lead customer or user, and then seeing what happens. And that's, again, some of the basic principles of innovation that make this really, really not so risky, but more imperative at this point in time. 
Well, if you're just joining us, or even if you're new to our channel, you're listening to a Focus on Future Medicine segment on ReachMD XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Japson, the healthcare reporter for the Chicago Tribune. And with me today is Philip Newbold, who's the president and chief executive officer of Memorial Hospital and Health System in South Bend, Indiana. And he joins us from South Bend, and we're talking about innovation and ways that people in the healthcare industry, which quite frankly is not always thought of as being innovative and focusing on the future. But he was just telling us about how you have a budget for innovation. And I think that's important for our listeners out there, particularly doctors who go to a lot of conferences and then they might come back to the hospital with a good idea, but yet there's no money to fund it. Is that kind of where where you guys are at, that if you guys came back with some innovative idea, at least you'd have some money to help them see it through? Yeah, more importantly than the money also is the fact that we actually do training around innovation so that we teach innovation principles. There are some methodologies that you can follow. And so instead of turning that idea over to somebody else, we actually encourage the people that have the ideas or bring them back to become champions and take that idea and get into a methodology. We'll give you some resources. We'll give you some support and coaching and help and all of that. But to have them move this great idea through all the stages and actually get it implemented, we think that's the best model of all. And that's really what we saw when we did all of our visits across corporate America. It wasn't so much the ideas, it was developing this group of champions, people who were passionate about their new ideas and just passionate about a new way of of doing things or thinking of things. And so those are the ones you want to develop, those champions, and then make sure that you support them every way possible, make heroes out of them, if you will, and and that's what everybody in America is looking for, how to develop this, these innovation champions inside organizations so that they can get their ideas implemented and then get on to the next one and the next one after that. Well, are there any specific ideas relative to physicians and physician groups that you came up out of? I did know that you talked about the one-of-a-kind program where to thank donors, which just thanking donors is something that a lot of groups don't really think of. How do you do that? I mean, you get donors all the time. You're a nonprofit. I mean, are there other ways to get physicians involved and perhaps some ideas that you pass along to your doctors? Sure. We started a big project a few years ago. It was a $40 million heart and vascular center. It's complete with cath labs and peripheral vascular labs and a nursing unit and so on. And we got the physicians involved early on through direct observation. We actually hired a company called IDEO, and they assembled a team. They did some observation by following physicians and patients and visitors and nursing people around for like three weeks in our cardiovascular areas to really look at things that we just got so used to seeing. We were completely blind to many of the things that were going on with the patients during their experiences and with the nursing and so on. And once we brought that back and developed some design principles, we actually then prototyped the new patient room of the future and the new nursing station of the future or the new waiting and gathering areas and so on. When the physicians saw that interest in where they work every day and the things that they do every day, but with a fresh new eye and a fresh new approach, they were very, very happy to participate in the innovation process because senior management and Everybody that was interested at every level was actually hands-on engaged in how do we design a much better experience, not only for the patient, but for those staff that work there as well. And that is a double win. And that's what physicians and clinicians tell us is so exciting about innovation is it reinvigorates and re-energizes people's focus around the patient experience. And some of this may take a little time. I mean, it would seem that, you know, you would want to get physicians involved in 
new construction projects and whatever, but you've been around in the healthcare industry a long time. That's not always the way it is, is it? Well, I think physicians are busy people, and if you engage them in the right places, in the right ways, and seek not only their input, but also to get them on an airplane or get them in a car and go see a new model or something that's working better than yours, that really opens up a lot of possibilities. And that's what we really find. People, after they leave training programs and so on, they get used to doing things certain ways. And the site visits let people know what's possible in new ways that they had never thought about. Their knowledge was not even in this particular area. And if you can actually see it where they can talk to their clinician friends and find out what it's like to practice there and in this way, that's how you break down the silos and the barriers. They come back from these site visits and they're ready to go because they've actually seen it work. So it's much more empowering, much more engaging than just asking them at kind of a boring meeting, what do you think we ought to do about the cath lab tomorrow? And do you think that this is something that will continue in the future? I mean, do you think other, others will have to adopt this because everybody's worried about the economy? I think this is exactly the time that the good organizations are going to redouble their efforts around innovation and creativity and imagination around new possibilities and new models and new ideas. And they don't have to do it in an expensive way. Much of what we teach and the way we teach it is more like bootstrapping. It's making something out of cardboard and getting it in front of somebody. It's, it, it's prototyping a new service or coming up with a new way of handling a particular situation and looking for opportunities absolutely everywhere. And they don't have to be expensive. They don't have to be risky, but you need to engage that innovation engine now during these tough times so that you have something on the other side. When we come out of this, you'll have a lot of new ideas and thinking that's ready to be implemented that might take some capital, might take a great deal more time to perfect and so on. But now is the time to continue to make those investments in innovation and not to just hunker down and see if we can wait for a year or two till things get better. Well, with that, I'd like to thank Phil Newbold, who's been our guest. He's the president and CEO of Memorial Hospital and Health System in South Bend, Indiana. And we've been talking about innovation on a special focus on the future of medicine on ReachMD XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Japson, your host. I'm with the Chicago Tribune. If you have questions, please visit our website at ReachMD.com, which features our entire library through on-demand podcasts. Or call us toll-free with your comments and suggestions at 888-639-6157. That's 888 888- 639-6157. And I'd like to thank you today for listening.